everybody in this room we need. We've got to work together, stay together, and be the team that we can be. We will not take it from anybody. I don't give a shit how they stack it against us. We're whipping it. Now let's play football. Here we go. Team all three. One, two, three. Team Welcome to Team Deal. Gets open for three. Dagger! The kick in. Here it comes. Swing and a miss. And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books. Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. You like that? You like that? I like that. You gotta like that. My approval ratings keep going up. Sorry to keep you waiting. Complicated business. Welcome. We are live. DTC. I feel like it's been... I don't know, like two weeks or so. Thanksgiving kind of threw off our, our recording schedule. My name is Joe. For anybody that's finding the show for the first time, his name is FP on mic number two. And, you know, the last time we talked, the Washington football team was uh, looking up at a bunch of teams um, with not a lot of hope. I, I think the last time you and me were on a show together, FP, they were getting ready to face the Bucks, if I'm not mistaken. And we were both cautiously optimistic that they would look better, but probably not win that game. Of course, they did win that game. Then they go on the road and beat Carolina. And now most recently coming home, defeating the Monday night curse, the primetime curse, um, in a very convincing fashion. I mean, that game was closer than it probably should have been given, you know, we didn't have a field goal kicker for the second half. And Tress is a lefty, and there's some stuff we can talk about, but... Uh, you know, I I, th- I feel like Ron is the biggest story. Coach Rivera was the biggest story Tuesday morning. You know, he was fired up probably for the first time that I, I mean, it's the most most memorable Ron fired up, impassioned locker room slash post game that I remember seeing. I mean, usually he's just doing his uh, you know his cross arm thing on the sidelines where you know he's got us wondering whether he he you know he's interested to be here or not. Totally different, Ron, though, after Monday night. Totally different. Yeah, and, and it's not just Monday night. You can almost, like, to go back to coming out of the bye week, right, the whole we're going to adjust and, and look over everything and kind of reevaluate. It's almost like from that point forward through the Tampa Bay game, you saw more interaction on the sideline. You saw more enthusiasm. You just saw a little bit more personality from Ron. And then now now we're getting the post-game locker room interviews and, and you're you love the hype that he has and the whole david and goliath throw the rock at the whiteboard yeah. thing like we have the fight we could take down the giants i love it i mean it, I, I was telling you yeah any ron speech makes kirk's meek you like that seem like choir practice uh, so like, i I, like, I disagree i i think the kirk if, thing i mean it was the, the kirk thing was a special time like the he had the whole pressure of the city on him you know, they were riding. I mean, the circumstances around the original, you like that. I mean, he he was pissed. I don't care what anybody says. That was specifically yeah. intended for the media, like for the media. Pool the thing is, when he right. It was for the media pool. but that, And that's the biggest thing, right? Like Kirk Cousins, I love him. But I mean, the dude's still lining up behind guards. Like it, he is a player. Kill Kirk for that man. <laughs> I'm going to kill Kirk. Everybody Come on, makes that mistake every once in a while, right? He's a he's a ten year vet now. You you can't make that mistake. Aaron Rodgers isn't making that mistake after his first ten years in the league. I love Kirk, but like when you look at Ron and the fire that he has, and kind of this this tenacity and this this energy that he's bringing out of this team, like 
we're essentially outside of Terry McLaurin, we're we're the land of misfit toys, right? Nobody on this team right now, without Chase, without Sweat, nobody on this team should be taking down the Buccaneers, should be winning nail biting primetime games. Like he's bringing this David Goliath feel out and he's making these players believe and buy the hype and winning cures all right so this team somehow some way everything's clicking for them and let's be honest that monday night game if you have a kicker it's not nearly as close and we were dominating dominating the seahawks and i don't care what people say about russ and if he's injured and Pete carroll's falling out of it you're dominating russell wilson with Lockett and DK Metcalf. Those are three very, very, very potent yeah, weapons. And, and the Metcalf if you thing, look at that stat line, yeah. Two I, mean, no, one on I don't plays. think anyone two expected Metcalf. Plays. Yeah. Metcalf was targeted exactly zero times in the first half. And I think he had one target through three and then three in the fourth. Um, but I mean, the cornerbacks, they, Kendall Fuller deserves, uh, I mean, a hat tip and a salute all the way, right? Because he played absolutely, he, he played maybe the best game in his return tenure. To the team um mm -hmm. you know Jack, willie played a great game too and landon i mean i didn't think i was going to say this anytime you know i mean if he you go back in time and back think, there. yeah i mean honestly fun. did who would have five weeks ago no five weeks ago four weeks ago we would be sitting here talking about how effective landon collins has been defensively and how the defense has really pulled themselves together yep. and and you know stevie talked about this it's the it's the ewing effect right when you're missing your stud sometimes it, it forces people just to do what they're supposed to do as opposed to relying on the stars to be stars or, or trying to do too much you know they're, they're missing arguably their their best and third best talent just talent overall right i mean montez isn't out there yeah. either montez hopefully will come back within the next week or two you know but there's something to be said about that too fp i mean this team defensively right now they're playing and i i saw this stat somewhere in they were obviously the team was undefeated in the month of november which is kind of incredible by itself mm -hmm. but defensively if you look at if you just isolate the month of november the defense would be ranked sixth overall right and that's yeah. what we were expecting from this right. team from the jump but we didn't get it, but now we're getting it. So it just puts the whole thing into perspective. It's weird that they're doing it and it hurts. I'm, I'm sure Chase is sitting out there. Like if you're Chase, what are you thinking right now? What, what, are you, what could you possibly be thinking? Like his absence, the team is playing better in his absence. Montez here's, too. Here's the thing. It's it's not, if you're Chase and you're, and you're sweat, you're not looking at it and being like, am, am I the problem? You're not thinking that. What's happening is, is you're essentially having Jack Del Rio now having to be forced into calling more exotic packages using the rest of his playmakers. Whereas when you had chase and sweat, I think JDR was kind of, I'm going to use my elite athletes straight up and that wasn't working. And now that they're not there and we have Shaka Tony and, and all these other scrubs on the edge and, and Jonathan Allen kind of taking over that defense and being like, let's all work together. Unity exotic packages and stunts and this and that the defense is clicking because and and this is a lot to do with jdr jdr is now forced to actually I, I be a defensive pain, coordinator I see the pain in your and not eyes. rely i can see the pain he doesn't have to rely on chase him, yeah well <laughs> he doesn't have to he can't rely on chase because chase obviously isn't there but there i don't know man like landon they can call whatever position they can call that position whatever they want but he's basically playing as a as a linebacker i mean that's what yeah, he's doing 100 right? there's no hybrid between, in the hybrid linebacker 
yeah, what they can call it the Buffalo nickel, the, the they can call I don't care mm-hmm. what they call it, but keep using him in that capacity. Because, you know, and, and maybe maybe some of this FP is just simply without Chase and Montez, like he you just have to send more bodies to consistently get that pressure. Now yeah. the sack numbers are not not impressive. I mean, I, I think they got I think they got Russ once. Maybe on Monday night I can go back and double Russ check that. Once, but you got Cam once. Yeah, the week it before. wasn't it wasn't significant, but the pressure w- was there. And 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 as good as the defense has been, has been playing, the offense, you know, they finally got some of their full complement back. I mean, they did get back uh, Logan Thomas. We saw Curtis Samuel, and there was some hoopla early in the week about Curtis actually having surgery, even though Ron said he wasn't going to have surgery. Like right. this is again, this is where the the, the WFT just continue to kind of step in it, like. You know, it's uh, it's the RG three way, right? And and I think we have to touch on his shenanigans too here. But <laughs> it's this thing where like, why can't Ron just like if he had surgery, you signed a guy who had surgery, right? Or you you signed yeah, a guy and he it. needed just surgery, right? Like, don't if you play just, with the media. But if you just say it, then it, it's done, right? But when you start dancing around and we don't know and he doesn't need it, he'll be fine. It just leads to more stuff, you know. And and again, we're sitting here. The team is five and six facing a, a beatable Vegas team, and then it's all NFC East the rest of the way. So mm-hmm. they don't have to win out, but they, I mean, I, I don't, again, they control their own destiny from here. If they win, if they win three of five and those three happen to be division, you know, division opponents, depending on how the, we'll see what the Cowboys, how they fare on, on Thursday night against the Saints. I think if the Saints beat the Cowboys and the Saints will leapfrog Washington in the playoff, in the, like right now, real-time playoff standings, but I mean, which actually might be better for Washington because it puts Dallas within two games, and we got to we get to play them twice. So it, the division is actually yeah. in play here. So I mean, that extra week of games, the the extra playoff spot, it it means that teams that are five and six or or you know six and five or somewhere in that conversation, they're very much in the playoff hunt. So I mean, the season is not lost. And, and it, ironically, I find myself looking back to the Saints game in particular and saying like, damn how great would it be to have that single tiebreaker, right? Because you got the Carolina tiebreaker, you have the mm-hmm. Tampa tiebreaker, which I don't think you're going to end up needing. Um, you have the Seahawks tiebreaker, which doesn't really matter. The Seahawks are falling apart, uh, but who cares about the Seahawks? I mean, no love lost in DC for, for Seattle whatsoever. Um, you know, but that Saints game was a winnable game and an NFC opponent that was that, that you knew was going to be in the playoff hunt. I mean, that's one you definitely wish you can have back. And if the team is playing then the way they are now, they win that game. They probably win the Chiefs game too, uh, you know, and, and the definitely Packers the Chargers. Game. I mean, your, game, so. your red zone was working, not the Chargers, yeah, but the Packers I, yeah. for sure. But but the Chargers game was, I mean, that was a winnable game, and the Chargers have kind of fallen yeah. off as well. I, I know that the, 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 your record is what you are. So this team is five and six, with, to me, winnable games for the rest of the way. I mean, Dallas well, has well, that's slowed. The, Philly is Philly, yeah. and the, New York is New York. So. If you can pick up this win against Vegas, even if you lose it, it's not the it's not the end of the season or end of the world by any means. Right. But Vegas is a beatable team, you know. I mean, and the way this team is playing, I mean, Vegas coming off a bye got right, and they had lost a bunch of games. But Washington should be able to go in there, hang in, and and win this game. I, I mean, it's not I, I, the early line. I think was 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 Vegas plus one and a half. Like it's, I mean, Vegas is yeah. basically saying it's I a toss up. All you can ask for as a football player, especially a professional football player, is to have meaningful December games. And we're in that position now. And with this extra playoff seed, like the saying is, it doesn't matter what the record, it matters who's playing the best football. And right now, somehow, some way, the Washington football team is, is playing some damn good football. And 
like props to to Heineke, props to Scott Turner, props to to Gibson. Like this offense is clicking. I, I'm I'm not worried when we get in the red zone. You have J.D. McKissick ran it in for oh, two I'm, times. I'm still worried about red Logan zone. The Thomas. red zone, the red zone offense still it, looks a little poopy. But here's the let's problem: be honest. red zone red zone is shaky. But if you're from the twenty to the ten. You're getting in. We have the place to get in. We, we're efficient well, there. The problem now is right? there isn't so, a kicker, right? And, and you know, Joey Sly. Well, we have uh, one. We have one. We, we, we signed the Bears one. guy. I, I know. But, I mean, it, I, I, is there something to all these blocked field goals? I mean, someone has to ask that question, right? Is it? Like, oh, 100%. It's Cheeseman. What? No, no, no. It's Cheeseman. You let, you let, and that's, that's kind of on Ron, right? You let Sunberg go for no reason, who was proven to be a great long snapper. You waste a draft pick to bring in a new long snapper, which it wasn't a need. And now you have to kind of, I mean, if you still have Sunberg, you probably still have Hopkins. Hopkins isn't doing the the stuff he did that made us get rid of him. As you can see on the Chargers, he's he's doing fine there. So, and then. Well, yeah, I mean, but but you bring in Blewett. Blewett doesn't cut it. You get rid of Blewett. Joey Sly looks the part. I mean, he looks fine. I mean, he, a freak accident. Looks like it's going to be three to four weeks minimum. So, the, the 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 you know the field goal like the special teams from a field goal perspective for 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 DC went from being iffy but stable to completely unstable to iffy but stable again uh, or trending right. in the right direction and now we're back to maybe there's Just more and Ron, iffy, Ron maybe actually said it in stable. the post game too he said we're we're going to be looking at a lot more four down options and 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 he you know his quote I have it somewhere uh, written down somewhere but he said you know Scotty meaning Scott Turner you know, we're telling him to call, you know, four downs basically once we get inside yeah. the, the 35 mm-hmm. because, you know, there's we can't kick a field goal and we're not going to punt. So, you know, run a, right. run a second down play on third down, try to get a little bit closer and we'll just kind of power it forward. And honestly, yeah. the way McKissick has been playing, the way Gibby's, uh, Gibson's been awesome. I mean, right? He, I mean, no fumbles. <laughs> That's a big win. Yeah, but he big win. He, he runs hard. He runs he runs hard. I mean, he, he's. He's still got that breakaway speed, and they've actually been involving him a little bit more as a decoy and as an actual pass catching option, which is great. You know, and and for a family, he's on my fantasy team on one of two fantasy teams, so I I like when he touches the ball from in that regard as well. But the de- as good as the defense is playing, the offense also seems to have found a rhythm. And I think Scott Turner and I've killed Scott Turner a lot on this show. Like Scott deserves a lot of credit here. Like he's the the, the plays look a little bit more dynamic. They're not throwing four yard routes on on third and eight anymore. Um, which is which is a bonus, and they got Curtis Samuel back out there, and and you know we don't we haven't gotten a chance to really see him burst or speed or or you know just go do something that he's been known to do in years past, but he I mean you have to respect that his his pass catching ability right you have to respect the fact that he can he can run a a five or six yard route turn around catch the ball he's very sure handed in that Atlanta game I think he had two two catches down the stretch that were on on fourth down and a couple on third down as well so. Um, yeah, I mean the offense overall is clicking, and and I, I mean I I think they can go to Vegas and win. I I, I don't see. Oh, it's it's a very Vegas, winnable game, especially if Waller game, isn't right? playing, and 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 we may get Vegas without Darren Waller, and that's their biggest weapon, right? So then you kind of focus down. Yeah, I mean, the, Deshaun's out there too, right? And and Deshaun's, Deshaun's been on out every there, team. and like he's been on every team. So I'm not buying this revenge game nonsense. Um, no, no, no. And uh, look, we're, we're going to get burned. You can expect one big burn play from any team we play at this point. It's just, sure. it's going to happen, too. right? So, yeah. so Deshaun's going to get his one and then he'll be out. 
And then you really just have to prioritize what Hunter Renfro. That's it. That's all you got to worry about for for uh, Vegas. Yeah, I mean, but they can run. They can run the ball there, right? I mean, between. Yeah. But I mean, uh, our, our, I think Josh our run and, defense. Kenyon. Kenyon. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, but between Allen and Ionitis and Payne, I'm not worried about that, right? So oh, it's a very Matt winnable Ionitis, game. My guy. My guy. I think my what guy. we need to touch on, and and this is kind of the biggest thing, is surprisingly, Stevie's going to love this, is. It's how great the big boys are playing on the O-line for being injured. And Steve's going to love it so much because he's been crapping on them all season. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're, fourth they're center, great. right? We're, we're, we're shuffled up like crazy. We, center comes off from the street from Monday night. We don't miss a beat. No missed snaps, no high snaps. He's, he's moving yes. bodies. The run game's working. You got to give credit to this O-line. A lot of that is the reason why this team is clicking because – we're getting the Antonio Gibson runs. We're getting those four-yard runs that turn into 18-yard mm-hmm. runs that turn into pass option. But that we're also getting Taylor staying upright. And and even though he's yes. pressured, he's able to see. He's able to move around. He's able to to make some things happen. We're seeing less carelessness uh, with the ball. I mean, you're seeing a maturity from game to game. Yeah, he's growing. I mean, this is this is what happens when when a guy off the street gets meaningful reps week after week after week after week after week in practice. I mean, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, and I, and I honestly believe this. If you're getting first-team reps consistently with any NFL team, mm-hmm. you're going to improve, and that's what we're seeing right now. But typically, this doesn't happen. Um, you know, and, and it makes you kind of question, you know, why is Kyle here? I mean, there's a whole bunch of other conversations that about the roster, the the, the construction of the roster, and who's going to be here next year. But, you know, for right now, I mean, Taylor is not costing them games. He's keeping the main games. He's able to. Right. He's he's calling more audibles at the line too, which is something I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's been he's being trusted to do more at the line, which is a good thing for the team as well. So I mean, again, everything is kind of trending in the right direction. And at five and six, and Ron's given rah rah speeches. I mean, we're we're in a much better place than we were a couple of weeks ago. They have the potential. You know, a couple of days from here, we might be sitting here talking about you know a six a six and six team that's got only division opponents left. Right. And yeah. at that point, you just need to split them and, and you're going to get through. Yeah. So, you know, it's um, it's kind of shocking. I mean, to be honest. And again, if I don't like doing the revisionist history bit, but at the beginning of the season, when we did our winners and losers. I, I personally I had them. The guys were killing me for it, but I had them at 12 wins, which was a stretch, of course. But mm-hmm. if you flip two or three of these games that they lost, that they could have won had they been playing the way they're playing now. They're they're a 10 ish win team. Right. Vegas I mean, had the line. Vegas had the line at eight and a half. Right, and we put we put a lot of money on on uh, on the WFT beating that and getting to nine wins. And right now, it's looking like they will get there. I think. I mean, if you if you easily if you had a field goal kicker, you win the Denver game. If you're playing remotely as good as you're playing now, you win the Saints game. There's your two right there. You're looking at what, seven and three, seven and four record, whatever. I don't know. I mean, this yeah, team throwing throw the Saints throw in the Saints game as well. I think the Saints yeah, was a winnable this, game too. The Chiefs was a winnable game team, until the fourth quarter. Yeah, I, realistically, realistically, and, and this is going to sound like I'm a homer and a little bit of it is you could easily, not easily, you could realistically go 11 and five end of this year. And and that's insane that 11 it's and insane. five is on the table. I mean, it's possible. I mean, once upon a time, you know, uh, it was a Marty, Marty and LeVar did it right. I mean, they, they ran the table to finish out the season. If I'm not I mean, mistaken, three, so it's four weeks ago, entering that bye week, 11 and five. So did not seem where, possible. Where do you have the WFT kind of in your like weekly power rankings? I got them at 17. 
and really, I, I, I was trying not to be a homer. I was going to put them a little bit higher too, but I, I, I think, I think they're playing better than about half of the league. Personally, they're they're no longer in the bottom five, con, you know, conversation. But I mean, I'll give you my bottom five if you want to hear them. But I'm just curious where you have the WFT. I, I would put them at like a 15, 16, and that's only because. Typical power rankings are going to have like the Browns, the Steelers, the Broncos, the Vikings over us. I don't think those teams are over us, right? So I that I think that pushes uh, you to the fifteen. Broncos are, the Broncos have proven to be a, a <clears throat> better than the Vikings are better than their record. The Vikings are. Say what you want I, about Kirk, they're, they're better than their record. I, I I'm pretty sure if we wanted to dig into it and we looked at strength of schedule and and, and the opponents, like we went through a gauntlet of a schedule, a first place schedule and and we're kind of right there with them i think if we had an easier schedule i think we'd have a much better record than those teams so i would for for true power rankings yeah i'm looking at like a 15 16 yeah okay i mean i i don't just i don't strongly disagree i mean i I think you're a little bit (laughs) bullish but that's okay i mean they're they're no longer in my bottom five and that that's where i mean a couple weeks ago or the last time we did a top five low five they were flirting with that that mid-20s positioning mm-hmm. um and i think deservedly so but my bottom five jets bears texans jags and lions and, and and just a comment here on specifically on the lions they are the best winless team i've ever seen there's been a lot of winless yeah. lions teams in a, like in years past but these guys lose in like like actual heartbreak fashion more yeah. frequently than they don't um i mean they have a running back a talented running back in deandre swift golf you know the i i think his story is serviceable he, he's serviceable, but I mean, when he when when McVay is not his coach, he's not great. <laughs> I mean, and that that's kind of where where it comes down to. The Jags, I mean, they are they seem like they should be better. I I, I don't know, but those five teams are clearly the worst in my opinion. Um, the irony is that the Jets, the Bears, and the Jags all have rookie quarterbacks. Like they all drafted quarterbacks, um, you know, this year, and we'll see if that amounts to anything, but. Um, anyway, that, that's my bottom five. I'm going to assume yours is similar, if not the same. Yeah, it's it's similar, except I'm lifting the Bears out okay. and I'm putting the Seahawks in. The Seahawks are bad. And losing to us, that team, man. They're it's, too talented. it's a bad team. Like, I, I need you to realize what that's. If you remove that touchdown drive at the end for that game where they got all their first downs, the domination from Washington football team over the Seahawks was insane. Five three and outs, no first downs in like the second half, like until that drive outside of like maybe one, you completely neutralized that team. We had a two to one ratio for the play, like 70 to 30 plays of on, on offense. Like the Seahawks right now, are doing terrible. And I'll tell you what about that Lions team. I truly believe the Lions first win or only win of the season may come over the Seahawks. That's how bad I think they are. Yeah, I mean they're 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 pretty they're reeling right now. That that the they're they're coming down. And when you look at the rest of the, the NFC West, they got a, a long road ahead of them to to come back to being competitive with that with that division. So okay, let well let's let's switch gears here. Let's talk about the you know highlights or maybe top ten or top five at least. I'll give you mine and then you tell me where you're different. And, and I don't like to be you know sticky, but I did struggle with this list because there's a whole bunch of teams that are just kind of stuck at the same spot. My number mm-hmm. one, I gotta go with the Packers. 
Uh, I'm not a Joe Barry guy. I think that defense is still suspect, but Aaron Rodgers is just, he, not only is he uncancelable, and we've covered that on previous shows, Like, you, you, <laughs> I mean, he's just too freaking good. Um, and I think, I think here, you know, low key here, I, I think he's going to be a Bronco next year. And I think the Broncos will immediately mm. be Super Bowl front runners because the, the Broncos, I was in Denver this past week for Thanksgiving and, uh, one of my uh, my my brother-in-laws actually pointed this out. They've they've locked up all of their talent positions. They got two tight ends, they've got three wide receivers, they've got a an above average to good, almost great uh, you know, running uh running back. The defense, I mean, the, the haul that they got for 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 uh for Von Miller is incredible. Yeah. That's a low key. I mean, they're they're basically doing Peyton 2.0 here. Um and and if they can snag an Aaron Rodgers or trade for a Kirk Cousins or grab a guy that they can plug in and can sling the ball they're they're gonna be pretty good so anyway i got the packers at number one i got the cardinals at number two i got the bucks begrudgingly at number three and then i got a reach here at number four cincinnati Bengals. i think Ooh. they are much better and far more talented than pretty much every other team um i mean the, you can argue the ravens obviously because they have a stud quarterback but there's something special about that Bengals team. I mean, they can run the ball, they can throw the ball, they can catch the ball, and the defense doesn't have to be amazing to keep them in game. So I know it's a reach, but I got the Bengals at four. And then, you know, five through ten, pick your poison, FP. I mean, honestly, all the teams kind of look the same to me. Uh, so no no specific order. Cowboys, Ravens, Pats, you know, Rams, Chiefs, Bills, uh, pick it. But I, I think the top yeah. four for me are pretty clear. And the Bengals, to me, I think are better than all of those other teams. I, I absolutely love what the Bengals are doing, and, and Joe Burrow is is playing amazing. And uh, yeah, I mean they're they're a really fun team. My my top five, I'll tell you what, it's still Cardinals number one because they ripped off some big wins without Murray and, and Hopkins. I mean you have Colt McCoy kind of leading the charge, and the Cardinals don't miss a beat. That's a, that's a strong team, and now that they're fully healthy, I, I think they. They go even more crazy. So Cardinals number one, um, Packers number two, just because I kind of have a man crush on Aaron Rodgers. I love that he's uncancelable. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? You got that. I, mean, long I love hair. that he's. Like, I, mean, look, look I love that he's on the Pat. I got this. Yeah. No hair I love that here. he's on the Pat McAfee show, taking hair. off his sock, showing his toe to the media. <laughs> I mean, he's. You got to love Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, after that, surprisingly, my number three, and it and it hurts me to say this, and and I'll get into a conspiracy theory after I explain it is the Patriots. And I think they're the strongest team. Why is, why is it conspiracy the AFC. theory? Why, why it's not conspiracy so, theory? Mac, so Mac because, Jones is, is No, no, no. Hold on. on. Uh, let me tell the conspiracy theory. Number four is the Buccaneers. And I truly believe the NFL is going to do whatever they need to do to push oh, a Belichick versus Brady on. Super Bowl. I'm telling you, uh, Brady versus Brady, Belichick versus Brady Super Bowl is on, is on the, the horizon. Well, the first part of that was played a couple weeks ago, and it was an absolute crap show it was terrible it was unwatchable literally Sunday, from that game literally from that game the patriots have gone through the roof i i mean in, i know but I mean, do you want to see that game i don't want to see that game. i don't i don't no, but no. can you tell me you won't be interested to watch it of course i would not be interested to watch that i i, I just i, I don't care i like i respect brady he is the goat I, I think if you say otherwise you are not paying attention but I don't. I don't find the Patriots to be. I, I don't. I wouldn't find that matchup to be intriguing beyond that storyline. And generally, off-field storylines in the NFL don't translate well because it's not like they go head to head, right? It's not like two players that hate each other. 
it's two guys that won a zillion Super Bowls together. So regardless yeah. of what anybody says, right? They're just no. Nah, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to see that. I, no, no, no. I have no interest in that. I have no interest. I, I, I want to see Washington so, football team get there. Okay, that's what I want to see. The number, the number five seed that I have, and a little bit is common sense, and a little bit is because I'm watching the in season hard knocks. But that Colts team. I'm loving this Colts team. And when you get into the colder weeks, the colder games, December month, Jonathan Taylor is exactly what you need. Guy, they play in a dome. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What do you you mean when I'm talking? He's been putting up crazy stats regardless of home or away. As if they don't have heat inside of the the, the bubble. Cold weather as in... Cold weather as in you need a strong run game when it's cold. And they have a strong run game. But they're right? going and to Tennessee I, I think, and they're going to Jacksonville, I think. I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with you. If they have to go on the road in the playoffs, potentially to New England or to Kansas right. City or something, mm-hmm. I'm with you. Um, Carson Wentz, I, I, he's made me a believer again. I mean, I yeah. he is uh, he he's a tough one to to kind of bet against because he. I mean, any week he could he could, I mean, he could look like. Uh, I mean, I don't know. He, he's two different guys every every week. Like you you really don't know what you're getting with him. Which I, I imagine is very frustrating if you're an actual Colts fan, but yeah, I mean, personally, I got the Colts at like twelve, but I think they're probably a little bit better than that. For me, the Bengals are the bit. team just, that I'm I'm really curious like, about. I, I love the Bengals, but like I can't. I the Bills have let me down a lot, right? A lot of my fantasies on yeah. last Bills players it destroyed me. I'm sure we'll get into that, but I mean, the Ravens, it they're one Lamar injury away from being worse than the the Lions. I, I mean. I, I don't know. I mean, Lamar is insane, but I just I can't put the Ravens up that high. Well, and so. and everyone is when well from a fantasy fantasy perspective, everybody is one one COVID positive test away from being destroyed, <laughs> yes. right? So, I mean, Very tomorrow night so. the Cowboys are playing without their head coach, right? The, the same head coach who has been trying to deflect uh, and kind of keep the pressure off his guys. He's not even going to be there, right? And they've come mm-hmm. up with a very a very Redskins esque uh, triangle format for like play calling. I mean, do you remember that nonsense we had here once upon a time where it was like two guys upstairs yeah. and one one on the with Jim Zorn trying to decide mm-hmm. what plays to run? I don't know how that's going to work for Dallas. I mean, Dallas has a ton of talent, but um, I don't know. They they might I lose mean, that game. I don't know. I mean, who do you cheer for in that situation? Do you cheer for the Saints to win and close? You know, so the Cowboys, the the, the delta between the Cowboys and the and the football team closes or do you want the Cowboys to win to keep the Saints out of contention like that's a tough one I, I don't know I mean I can't cheer for the Cowboys I think, but I think what, what do we do tomorrow in 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 playoff eyes you want the Saints to win because it gives the East a, a better reach for us and th- that Saints team isn't talented enough to win the rest of their games or, or to to no, win out the rest of their games so they're, they're probably gonna fall out of contention at the quarterback position Right, and Taysom Hill is maybe going to play with a broken foot. Taysom Hill must have. I'm not worried about the Saints on Sean Payton. I I don't understand how he's worth the money. Massive contract for nothing. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. To to do what? To carry the ball four times and pretend to throw it once? I I don't get that at all. Yeah. Okay. So before we shift here, so for those that are following the show and everybody that's watching, thank you for for checking us out. This is DTC. Um, we are going to have a fantasy guru join us, which I'm personally excited about. Um, uh, Joe uh, Vatruba is going to join us here in a little bit, and probably in the next like three, four minutes or so. I'm going to track him down. I think he's, he's logging into the green room right now. So for anybody that's watching out there, if you got fantasy questions, he's your guy. Um, I have a bunch, and I think FP has a bunch too. 
Um, so we'll, we'll start peppering some of that in. For anybody who's sending in comments, I see them starting to come in here. Send them in. Specify, please, which players. There's a whole bunch of Connors and Mitchells, so it's a little bit easier if you, if you give us a first name and a last name. Um, and we'll do our best to kind of flash that stuff on the screen, and we'll, we'll get Joe's, um, Joe's comments and his expert opinion on who to start, who to sit, uh, maybe maybe who to go grab off the waiver while as well. So we are going to take a quick break here, FP, unless you have something else to squeeze in here on the football team. Do you have anything else to squeeze in on the nope, football team? Nope, I'm good. Let's All take right, that so break. Let's take, let's take a quick break, and on the other side, we will bring in Joe V and talk some fantasy football. This is DTC. We are taking a short break, but we will be right back. In the meantime, check out our YouTube channel, which is updated with content regularly. And if you haven't already, find us on your favorite podcast platform and hit subscribe. You can find the show on Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, and Twitter. Just search for DTC or Defeating the Curse. Thanks for supporting us. The show will be right back. This is DTC. We are taking a short break, but we will be right back. In the meantime, check out our YouTube channel, which is updated with content regularly. And if you haven't already, find us on your favorite podcast platform and hit subscribe. You can find the show on Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, and Twitter. Just search for DTC or Defeating the Curse. Thanks for supporting us. The show will be right back. Welcome back in. Welcome back in. My name is Joe. FP's on mic two and special guest, Joe Votruba. Joe, Hello. welcome to DTC. It is an honor to be a part of your show, guys. Well, thank you for making time for us. We really appreciate it. Uh, we have, I, I mean, I have a ton of fantasy questions. I think FP's got a bunch too. And there's a whole bunch coming in as well um, from folks that are watching the show. Um, so if you're out there watching, send them in and we'll get them to Joe V. But Joe, um, I, gotta, I just got to ask. I mean, I know you've been doing the fantasy sports thing, bit, whatever, for a long time. But I mean, how, how did you actually get into this? Because I mean, for most of us, I feel like, for, at least for myself, I'll speak for myself, I stumbled into fantasy, right? It was it was just something I was doing with my guy friends, like the guys I grew up with. Hey, there's this fantasy football thing. It's about 20 years ago now, and we just kind of joined the league, and, and I'm both very proud and embarrassed to say I've been part of a league for, uh, this is the 17th <laughs> season with the wow. same, with eight of the original 10 guys in it. So we were all single. We got married. We got kids. Like it's it's a crazy situation. No, that that makes it that makes it even better. It, it's all about. I've been trying to crack that it. league for ten years. They won't let me in. See, they won't they let me in. in, and nobody gets out either. <laughs> the only escape is death. But I mean, that's how I got into it. And I, and I got to be honest, over the years, I, I've definitely my interest has waned a little bit, right? I mean, I, I've gotten more into it's really because of time, and and it's just I don't have enough time just to sit and watch everything. Um, but I'm just curious, like, how did you get into this and how, how have you stayed so 
so into it over these years? So what got me, you know, to really like want to follow it and, and give advice um, was actually like, well, one, hearing other so-called experts give their advice, which oftentimes is no more valid than our opinions that, that, you know, that you guys were just going over before you had me on. Um, and a lot of times those kinds of things get billed as expertise, but really you're just kind of, it's a hunch for the most part. You could have as many, you know, you guys were talking about VK Metcalf before who had maybe like the worst game of his career. He had five targets, the tight end, Gerald Everett had nine in that game. And he's, you know, DK Metcalf has had a down few weeks. It's very easy to come on the airwaves and say that DK Metcalf is a bust. But the bottom line is, uh, is on Sunday, if he goes out and scores two touchdowns, that same person is going to be very quiet. And that's just how it goes. And as far as, as what got me into it in the first place, it's, it's like you were talking about the camaraderie and, and it, it gets people talking. It gives you different reasons to watch the game. It also makes watching football a lot more fun. And when I was a kid, I was always the kid with Madden and MLB The Show where my favorite feature was the franchise mode and being the GM. Oh, you're this that your, guy. This, I'm that guy. You're that this guy. Is, yeah. yeah. I, can't this is your guy. No, I can't be that guy. I can't be that guy. That guy's got too much patience. Too much patience, <laughs> too much time on his hands. I was never the guy that you can go head to head with online because I'd get my ass handed to me. But but no, I love it. And and honestly, fantasy football scratches the itch for me the same way that betting on sport that just like betting on football might scratch the itch for someone else. We do a lot of that here. We're we're we're, we're borderline degenerates when it comes to the gambling. Our accounts, we have a show oh, account and then we have individual accounts. Yeah, I mean, wow. how, FP, how many how many times have you reloaded your uh, your your FanDuel or my bookie account at this point? I think you're I've only right? reload. I've only reloaded FanDuel twice, but I I'm I do good on FanDuel. I'm me and LP talk about it what all the time. Good? He always wants to know what is good. He always wants to know what my account balance is, but I hit some big bets. <laughs> so on Joe, FanDuel. so Joe Joe Razzle controls our uh he he controls our our like show betting account, and he's uh, he's conveniently changed the password several times on us so he's he's taking a lot of uh, a lot of credit for and he deserves it he's, he's the one wow. putting in these crazy like seven-way parlays anytime touchdown score plus Messi getting a goal is these crazy combinations but um yeah i mean that Man. that's when you know it's it's going more from a hobby to a habit is when you start doing par- <laughs> cross sports parlays um I, I really wanted to do the dc double on monday try to get the whiz and the uh and the wft obviously the whiz didn't they didn't fare very well, um, and and the caps really hurt. Last, I mean, FP, you and I didn't talk about that, but that that's for another day. That I mean, that third period I don't was really want to talk about that it. was painful yesterday, but that's for another day. But Joe, so I guess I'm just gonna start peppering you with some questions here. There's there's some that are coming in um, via social media. I'm gonna flash this one on. This is a good one here, and I personally. I have a similar interest in, in something like this because I didn't lose CMC. I lost Derrick Henry. I can't figure out which Tennessee running back matters at this point um i i spent i i spent 50 of my 100 available you know yahoo dollars to grab uh what's his what's the primary backup's name the third down back i can pull it up um but anyway i i i i, I overspent to go grab one of the tennessee running backs and then i grabbed adrian peterson and now what is it dontrell hilliard i think is the next man up and who's yeah who's grabbing a bunch of yards so I don't know. I mean, you're the guy here. So CMC, in this case, Max B says CMC is done. Obviously, he is done for the season. Which Tennessee running back is worth targeting? 
Uh, well, the first thing is make sure that if you are, if you're without CMC, Max, um, if you are without, if you're doing this to fill someone like for this very week, the Titans are on a buy. Um, so that's, you know, if you're looking down the line, sure. I don't really have, I, if I had to pick one running back in that system, it would be Hilliard just because he seems to be the one that's progressing the fastest. He was, he went from being signed off the practice squad to being, you know, arguably the lead guy in about two weeks. And, and again, I mean, we're not, no one's Derrick Henry. No one's going to be Derrick Henry. I don't think anyone's asking him to be Derrick Henry. Um, but he does seem to be the, like the hot hand right now for Tennessee. So after this week, uh, it, it might not be a bad play. And the thing that stinks about uh, losing McCaffrey, if you, for any McCaffrey owner out there, is you very likely took him first overall with the number one overall pick. And usually when that happens, by the time that the snake draft gets back to you, you feel like you're looking at garbage. And when you factor in injuries, bye weeks, and just what happens during a fantasy football season, you might just be, you might be left with a decision like this. So I'm going to pepper in one here from uh, just for myself, because I mean, why not? Right. Um, yeah, sure. Aaron Rodgers on bye week. He, he's not available to me. Is there a quarterback that you like out there? I'm going to have to grab somebody off of the waiver wire. I'm going out there to look and see who's available right now. Um, well, in this league, I mean, Kirk, I'm leaning towards Kirk, unless you tell me otherwise. Um, it's either Kirk or Heineke, maybe Wentz. If Kirk, Cousins, if Kirk Cousins is available, I would absolutely go Kirk Cousins. I thought that we were going to be going deeper here, and I was going to make FP mad and talk about Taysom Hill. <laughs> because for, for as, as iffy of a start as Taysom Hill might be, Taysom Hill, you know, rushing quarterbacks are gold. And it's one thing for Taysom Hill to be Taysom Hill when Jameis Winston's starting, or even if, um, if Trevor Simeon's starting. But if Taysom Hill's the guy, you could be looking at a dynamic type guy under center, where really the only person that would take a hit, the only player that would take a hit there would, would be Kamara, if he plays. If he plays. Um, but if you're talking about Kirk you're Cousins... You're on my question there. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, so Taysom is available as well. Um, I mean, it, it's... I'm Kirk's been having a sneaky good year, though. Kirk has he's been having good. a He's a good, good quarterback. Year. He's a great yeah. quarterback. I mean, he just... Well, no, I mean, he's, sneaky he's as in, like, under-the-radar MVP almost level. I mean, he has, what, like, 20-something touchdowns, two picks, something like that. Like he's, Yeah, he threw he's his first pick in great... several weeks last week. Yeah, yeah. Kirk, Kirk I mean, yeah. I'm a Kirk guy, but... Especially if, if Dalvin Cook isn't going this week either, mm -hmm. uh, th there might be more emphasis on the passing game. I know Alex Alexander Madison is pretty great himself. I, I always talk about on, on my show, it's that Alexander Madison is that one guy who is like the carbon copy of the guy in front of him. If Salvin Cook gets mm -hmm. hurt or gets into legal trouble, uh, you, you plug him in and you do not expect him to skip a beat. And that's the only situation in the NFL, I think that you can say that, except maybe Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. But I think that might be a strategy. Right. So, right, I, let so let me let me hit you with one that that I have on my fantasy team. I, I can't let Joe get all the advice here. So <laughs> I have Kittle on my team. I, I I rode him through the injuries. He came back last week. He was rough. I do have Ertz available on waiver wire. Do I want to bring in Ertz over Kittle, considering Kyler Murray is probably back, but that also means Hopkins is back, which means Ertz may not be as dynamic. 
as opposed to George Kittle, who has as not opposed been to George what Kittle. you, who's not what you what you expected this year. He's either been yeah, hurt exactly. or not or not used. So there's two two things to factor in here. Debo Samuel is doubtful for this game, so that's one less mouth to feed for San Francisco. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that if you now Zach Ertz, I I for anyone that held on to Zach Ertz, the second that he went to Arizona, his stock went way up. Way this up. guy did yeah. right here. Yeah, and, yeah. and you and you feel good with that. But if you have a guy like Kittle, I would stick with Kittle. And the reason for that is because for as great as Zach Ertz is, and the same goes for you know people that maybe drafted DeAndre Hopkins this year, is that DeAndre Hopkins also me. future <laughs> Hall of Famer. Also me too. But here's the problem. There are so many weapons in that offense on Arizona that, yeah, like DeAndre Hopkins may score you a touchdown, but he's he may only also get 40 yards because Kyler Murray is spreading the ball around to, you know, to A.J. Green, to Christian Kirk, who's become the number one right. since Hopkins has been out. Then you have Ertz. Then you have James Conner catching passes. Edmonds, when he comes back, catching passes. It is, it, I mean, it's fun to watch. But from a fantasy so, perspective, it, it's a head scratcher. Joe, do you like Zach Ertz more, or um, or is it uh, or is it uh, what's his name uh, Dalton Schultz with the Cowboys? Like if you had to have one, Dal- like, I have to go rest of season. Rest of, rest season, of season, I'm going Dalton Schultz. Oh, Dalton wow. Schultz, yeah. Right, so personally, wow. yeah. I, I, I think right. anyone that drafted, or I mean, I don't think anyone drafted Dalton Schultz, but anyone that picked him up along the way, yeah, it was a streaming option, just plug and play, but Zach is coming back. I got to figure out what to do with him, but I think he's the guy I'm going to have to drop to pick up Kirk. But um, I mean, I, I literally, I mean, I might, I might just text you on the side, my lineup to see <laughs> how you would set I got this you. up. You Cause I desperately need to win this thing contention. I'll hook you both up. And then, and then if you ever, if FP ever makes it into your league, you know, you I won't pick any favorites. Never. I'll give you guys both. Of them. Never gonna happen. <laughs> Joe will rather you quit the first, podcast. So you, you, yeah, but look, there's a there's a ton of questions here. Um, Dak or Kyler this week? Dak or Kyler? That is a great question. I mean, Kyler Murray hasn't played, um, and Dak. You know, normally on a Thursday, I would always kind of shy away, but it's not a short week for Dallas because uh, they played last Thursday. So they've so they've they've had the full week. Um, New Orleans secondary has been hit or miss. It has not been, you know, as shut down as it has been in years past. I, you know, looking at, I mean, Arizona is also going up against Chicago. So that is a very nice matchup. Sometimes, sometimes in those kinds of games that look like mismatches, you might be looking at a second half where the ball is staying on the ground. Uh, that being said- But what said, would you do? I mean, I think Dak, Dak's obviously playing early and Kyler is maybe not going to play. So- uh, well, yeah, I would I would go Dak. I think Ky- Kyler hopes to play, but I yes, I would definitely go Dak Prescott here. Maybe not every week. Uh, I think that they're both very comparable but for this week. For this week, Dak. for sure. So, staying on the quarterback topic, we got another question that came in: Matt Stafford or uh, Joe Burrow? Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's a tough one. Somebody that, somebody's got some talent, some talented quarterbacks. That team better that, be playoff bound. That but. is a tough one. I'm going Burrow. I'm with you guys. The yeah, Bengals are for real. Burrow. The Bengals are for real. Mm-hmm. The Bengals and, are for real. And Burrow is, I mean, look at the weapons he has. His, I mean, Tyler Boyd isn't even scratching the surface anymore. I mean, you could say the same about Stafford, though. I mean, he's surrounded by by playmakers, too. Uh, it's, uh, I, I don't know. That, that one, to me, is a lot closer. But, and I, I just trust, I, I don't know what happened to Stafford. He started the season red hot, and he's... He's really cooled off. He is. I, I think he's nursing a sore back, and I and as we've seen 
in his years in Detroit, when, when he gets, you know, the slightest bit injured, the wheels kind of come off. It doesn't take away from him. He's still a great quarterback. And maybe not going with Stafford in this situation might be a little bit of recency bias. Because you're right. There are tons of, of great weapons there. I just, I, there's something about the way that the Rams have been playing uh, ever since, I, I, I want to say, week eight or nine, where, where it just seems like things haven't been in sync as, as much as they've looked like they, I mean, for the first six or seven weeks of the season, you thought, I mean, it was a lock that they'd be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, and, and you're right, because I, I remember watching that first, that opening game at home, I think it was, and it was Stafford to, to Deshaun for a bomb. And then Deshaun's not, no longer there. And then they bring in OBJ, um, you know, and he they, they basically try to continue to try to get him involved, and they really can't. I mean, Locker room he, killer. He's a, yeah, I mean, that, that like Sean yeah. McVay, like two missteps in a row from a guy that I think we, we know him pretty well, obviously, from his time here in D.C., but just seemed like a miss on, on both, but... Um, staying on the Rams, how do you feel about Van Jefferson the rest of the way? I mean, he's a guy I picked him up a couple weeks ago, talented receiver. I mean, he had a he, he doesn't get a ton of targets except last week, obviously against Green Bay. The, you know, Stafford had to air it out quite a bit, um, put up a great line. I mean, how do you? I mean, how do you, how do you think he fares the rest of the way? He's probably I would imagine he's available in a ton of leagues right now. I think he's I'm actually looking at it right now. He's available in forty two percent of leagues. Wow. See, and and that's to me that's low. I mean, I. I was hesitant on Van Jefferson just because these guys that pop that pop up out of nowhere on offenses with guys like Cooper Cup and at the time Robert Woods, you're like, oh well, this guy's a nice compliment, but how long is this really going to last? And it's lasted. I mean, he, you know, it's it's not an every week kind of thing, but I would definitely be confident in. I, I would be confident starting him this week. I mean, we, they're going up against the Jaguars at home. Um, it's, it's not a week in week out thing. And I, and I don't think that Odell Beckham is going to be as heavily utilized as he, or, you know, put up as much numbers as he did last week. It's now, especially with Robert Woods out for the year, Van Jefferson slides right into that role of the third receiver. And, and, you know, Tyler Higby is a non-factor in that offense right now too. I, I would not, I, I wouldn't hesitate starting him if you had to. All right. I mean, I, I'm I'm curious to get your thoughts. There's a couple more here I want to kind of plow through, and then I want to get your thoughts on players that may be widely available in Yahoo or ESPN that we can we can all target. Uh, trade sure. deadlines, for the most part, I think at this point are over. But uh, Max is sending in another one here. This is a good one. You pick one. It's a it's a half point PPR. James Conner, Eli Mitchell, James Robinson. James Conner. I'm going Eli Mitchell here. Eli Mitchell. <laughs> really? Eli Mitchell, yeah, I'm going Eli Mitchell here. He's he's played like a low-end RB1 uh, since he's been healthy. And you, who, who are the other two guys that were on there, the other two options? James, well, James uh, Robinson. James Conner. Against James, yeah, James Conner and James Robinson. James Conner's not bad. James Robinson, who you probably wouldn't bench in most circumstances, is is A, playing on the Jaguars. And he's had a down couple of weeks and they're going up against the Rams at, in Los Angeles. That just does not seem like a game script that would go the way of the running back. Uh, even though James Robinson catches a lot of passes. Isn't, isn't Connor still the lead rushing touchdown running back or did Taylor Connor? take that from him? No, ta- Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, take that from him. Yeah. 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 Connor, yeah. Connor was up there for a while. 
Uh, he mean, was, and, and he's been uh, you, he's been used even more because Chase Edmonds has been hurt. Right. We got another one here, Joe. Um, Miles Sanders play bench trade. Well, trade you can't do, but play bench or drop at this point. Miles Sanders. This is your last week for Miles Sanders. This is, um, I mean, if you could drop him now and you and you have someone better out there, you know, go, go right ahead. He's going up against the Jets this week. If he cannot be a factor in this, it's it's over. There's and and the Eagles have a pretty good schedule the rest of the way. Yeah, they from do. A, Softest. From a fantasy perspective, yeah. So on paper, you would think that Miles Sanders would be great, but the fact of the matter is, is even when he's healthy, they're either not going to the running game at all. Or they're using Boston Scott or Kenny Gainwell in in big situations where Miles Sanders is just staying in the middle of the field. He's almost like a almost like a Devin Singletary type, what he's turning into. And yeah, I mean, if you if you must, and I listen, I I drafted Miles Sanders in the second round in two leagues this year, and I feel like an idiot because um, it just it's not it's not happening. It's and I, I, don't, I don't know if you're I don't know if you're qualified to be on the show anymore. <laughs> Fantasy guru. That's, I don't know if I would admit that one out loud either. I know. That's a, that's a Listen, one. We all make mistakes. All make mistakes. But yeah, no, I, I, if, if you have to start Sanders, it's not a bad situation to be in this week going up against the Jets. Uh, but if it doesn't happen this week, cut him loose. Yeah. I, so let me, let me hit you with yeah. one. Joe yeah. keeps taking all the advice. So speaking back to Cardinals, right? So would you as like a flex, maybe wide receiver too, would you put in an AJ green or would you put in like a Cole Beasley on the bills? Both of them, I feel are kind of even, I don't know which one you'd want to take the risk on. Well, you're, you're going to want to monitor if DeAndre Hopkins is start, is playing or not. That's a big one because it's, it's, if Hopkins is out, everyone moves up a little bit, but you're taught. I mean, AJ green, I guess technically, is the wide receiver two there, but there's still a lot. I feel like they're all wide figure. receiver two. This is a this is a great question because Cole Beasley is going, you know, you have to wait until Monday and he's going up against the Patriots. Right. Exactly. But I would probably go Cole Beasley here. And that and you know, you you have the Monday night miracle you hold out hope mm-hmm. for. And he's he's the defined number two in that in that system so you kind of have a little bit more confidence in that plus i don't i don't think the bills would would have too big of a problem getting through uh new england's defense but that's just me is there joe is there a player that you think is widely available that should be on teams right now i mean i this is one of those things that i i'm always curious about i mean somebody who's much closer to the the you know or or i guess you, you watch it a lot closer than 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 myself or fp um, obviously, obviously everybody wants to win their league. And at this point you're not trading with anybody. Most leagues don't actually have trades anyway. I mean, that's just, kind of, I think that's something that, uh, trading for some reason, no matter how well, you know, the people, like, I think the better, the more, you know, or the better, you know, the people you're playing with, the less likely you are to trade with them because yes. everyone just assumes <laughs> that everyone's trying to screw everyone. But at this point in the season, if you're on the bubble or competing, is there a player out there that's widely available? Yahoo, ESPN, whatever, um, that should be on rostered, like somebody that that, or maybe somebody that is rostered in a ton of leagues that shouldn't be there anymore. Um, there's a question that came in from from Paul here. I'm, I'm looking at it um, specific to DK Metcalf. I mean, th- that's a. I mean, I can't foresee. I, I don't see a situation where I would drop him personally. But 
there are players that are heavily rostered that just aren't performing. So, you know, assuming you've got one of those, who do you drop if you have them moving forward? And more importantly, who are you targeting to pull, you know, to pull in off the waiver wire if they're sitting there? Well, as far as, as far as the waiver wire is concerned, um, you know, it's tough right now. Cause I mean, it's 13 weeks in or 12 weeks in going on 13 and you know, what's left is it's, it's pro- it looks like you may be scraping the bottom of the barrel. In a lot of cases you might be because you're in a pinch and, but this is also the time of year this is my favorite time of year for fantasy, because not only are you, are you trying to win now, but if you are in fourth place, and above, you also have the luxury of trying to like kind of plan ahead a little bit for the playoffs. And so this is what this is like the time of year where you start going on the waiver wire. And, and this goes for any position, even for, for defenses. You just look for, uh, you know, anyone that's available that has a favorable playoff schedule um, and that and they automatically move up a couple of slots um, in terms of importance down the line. Uh, one guy that is only 38% owned in Yahoo leagues, and I think it's criminal, is Kendrick Bourne, wide receiver on the New England Patriots. Um, In the last, I wanna say the last month, he has become Mac Jones' most trusted receiver. uh, And that only gets more exacerbated the closer they get to the end zone. Um, Two of the last three weeks, he has put up over 20 half point PPR points. Uh, he's not a yardage machine. He's a little bit more touchdown dependent, but it, he's only getting better. He's a great athlete. He gets the ball in big situations. And I, and again, this goes, you know, it might not happen this week because we, Baltimore's defense Monday night in Baltimore might not be the best situation for Kendrick Bourne or Mac Jones for that matter. Uh, Mac Jones is still, you know, kind of coming into his own here. But Kendrick Bourne has helped Mac Jones come into his own. It, it's been fun to watch. Uh, I think he's even surpassed Jacoby Myers uh, in, in terms of trust there. Talk to me about Kenyon Drake. What do we do with him? Kenyon Drake is, a, you could drop Kenyon Drake. That is a great example of a guy. So am who, I dropping Kenyon Drake to pick up Bourne? Yes, absolutely. Are you sure? Oh, I'm sure. Okay. I'm doing it right now. Make that move. Time. Make that move twice. I mean, I, I appreciate the confidence. I should tell you, my running backs are DeAndre Swift and Tony Pollard, so I don't have a whole lot of options there. I do have uh, um, Edwards Hilaire as well. I guess, yeah, I don't need, I don't need Kenyon Drake. It's done anyway. I think Ceh is going to start. Uh, I think Ceh starts producing. That's my, that's my take. I hope so. I would hope so. I would hope so. Um, you, you would hope it's, with an offense like, like Kansas City for him to be a non-factor for as long as he was, you know, for a while, he, he was falling into that category of a guy that you drafted in the third round or second round that you're like, I can just cut this guy loose now. I mean, like there's, there's, there's no point in keeping him here. We um, have one question that just came in uh, defenses the rest of the way. Um, do you have a defense that you're targeting or a defense that you want to hold on to outside of the top 10, assuming the top um, 10 are not available? Yeah, well, we're going to go way outside the top 10 and talk about the Seattle Seahawks, who we, I, I know, I know, week 14, uh, let me just make sure I have this right here, um, that in week 14, the Seattle Seahawks have a very favorable matchup. Uh, and I know that in week 17, the finals, uh, they go up against the Lions. So 
a week, yeah. week, week 14, the final week of the regular season, Houston. the Seattle Seahawks go up against Houston. Yeah. So you've got Houston and Detroit within, you know, within a month of each other. Obviously you, you, you're hoping that Seattle holds up their end of the bargain. Look, you know, on the Monday night game, they didn't look that bad. And, and the Washington football team has a pretty, a pretty good offense, pretty fluid offense, and they did a decent job. I think that they can get the job done against the Houston Texans. Uh, but, but again, like you, you only pick them up now if you are talking about a, you know, if you're planning ahead, because you're not going to want to, you know, start them against the 49ers. Uh, and really, I mean, would you, would you pick them up at the expense of the Baltimore Ravens? Would yes, you I would have the Ravens the rest of the way. No, I, I would, I would, I would take the Seahawks the rest of the way. I'll tell you what, for, for how many over, plays, for how many plays the Seahawks defense had on Monday, they held us to what, 17 points or whatever. I mean, if they get any sort of production from that offense where the defense can actually rest a little bit, I agree. I think, I think that Seahawks defense can actually really, really look strong. Um, so I'm actually looking at my, my situation now. I have the Dallas D right now, Baltimore's available and Seattle's available. But I only have three oh, moves. You're in left my for shoes. I, I have Dallas D two, and they keep letting me down. I mean, Baltimore. Baltimore historically fares very well defensively. They've strung a bunch of good games together. Um, they get Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Green Bay, which is problematic. That's for most leagues. Week fifteen. That's the. If it's not championship week, it's you know close to it. And then Cincinnati week sixteen, and then they end with the Rams. So, I mean, but they've they've that's- done it. That's yeah, rough. That's, that's rough. a rough. That is a rough end to the season there, right. and yeah. I, I mean, well, that's the other thing. So, so I also have Dallas, but I could drop them for the Dolphins defense or the the Broncos defense. I mean, if the Dolphins those, those are, out are there, also, I, I was available. hoping to snag the Dolphins. Those guys are playing like a different team all of a sudden. Dolphins have looked really, really good. Dolphins the last have looked weeks. really good. That that might that might be the move right there. They've, but they've Dallas also has a lot of NFC East games left, right? Correct. So they have, they have Washington twice. They get Philly once. That that Dallas defense against Hurts, Heineke, and maybe Jones with a neck injury. You kind of like that, uh, too. Joe. Joe, I'm gonna be texting you on the side about this one because I gotta I gotta figure <laughs> out how to manage these moves down the stretch, but. Um, I'm yeah. curious, Joe, do you have a team? Like, wh- who is your team? We are DC-based. We're all about the WFT here. Everyone on the show, we have we have six guys that rotate through this show um, uh, for different reasons, but everybody's a Washington football team fan through and through. Who, who is your team, Joe? Uh, oh, man, this is embarrassing. I'm a Giants fan. Oh, my Big gosh. Giants. I know, I know. I had a feeling. I had a feeling that uh, that's how the reaction was going to go. I know, I know. And I deserve all of that. Um it's you know I don't know if been, if, it's, it's if that's years. worse or, or the or the Miles Sanders thing was worse. Well, I don't know. About, I think it might be. I think a Giants <laughs> fan taking Sanders in the second is just a sin. Entirely. I mean, I, I, that's where I was going. <laughs> I, I feel I don't like drafting Dallas players. I don't like I don't like drafting any any players or anyone in the NFC East. I just it doesn't. I never feel good about mm-hmm. it. Never. Because yeah. you never want to root for them. There's no one on the Giants that you'd even want. I mean Saquon Barkley has Bass. you know been hurt and it's just the it's sad watching what's happening with Saquon Barkley's career it's just the knees shot and i don't know how you, how you can ever spend big money on a running back in the draft ever again that's just me different story for a different day 
Um, but yeah, I mean, everyone, you know, especially in fantasy was high on Kadarius Tony for a hot minute and he's, Kadarius he's looked, he looked promising. I mean, he still looks promising, but I mean, Kenny Galladay was a terrible signing in the off season. There, there was, yeah. there was a, there's a, all of a sudden there's more questions coming in. Does Tyrod Taylor make any player on Houston relevant? I no. Think? Okay. No. I mean, Brent, Brenton <laughs> Cooks is the only receiver there. That he's relevant either way. Yeah, and I will say though for for Houston's offense, uh, right now um, Rex Burkhead is getting the majority of the carries for that team, uh, and I I think he's only like eight percent owned in Yahoo leagues. So if you're in a pinch, maybe you have Miles Sanders. Um, <laughs> you may want to look into that too. And then we have a question here: Bron- Broncos D the rest of the way or Baltimore? Broncos, Broncos. I mean, I I you know the the Broncos schedule is tough, but Going over the Ravens' schedule, man, I think this conversation convinced me to just be out on that for the rest of the season. Well, then we did our job. We confused the fantasy guru, right? I mean, yes. that's what we're here to Excellent. do is pepper you with Excellent. questions until we get you spun around. <laughs> um, we'll let you out on this, Joe. Task Thank you for making time. If you had to eliminate one Thanksgiving side dish, which one are you getting rid of forever? Forever. I know, FP, FP I think you're getting rid of mac and cheese. Whoa, definitely not. What are you getting Nobody rid of? should be getting rid of mac and cheese. I'm getting rid of mac and cheese. I think it's incredibly overrated. Mashed potatoes. Yeah, I don't like mashed potatoes either. Get them out. I, I'm going. I'm going stuffing. Food. You're going. How do you no, get rid of? I stuffing? mean, it's once. A, it's once go. a year, man. It's once a year. Stuffing's got to go. Don't give I me mushy eat. bread and broth. Yeah, stuffing's got to. Oh, the problem with your stuffing is you're probably not. You got to sprinkle some bacon in it to make it interesting. No, no, no. My my sister makes the stuffing from scratch. It tastes amazing. I'm just not prioritizing it over all the other dishes. It's just not happening. So I love how it tastes. You'd rather have mashed potatoes on your plate than stuffing. Yeah, if we're talking mashed potatoes from scratch, stuffing from scratch, I want that mashed potatoes with that with that that turkey gravy. I want it. Give it to me. Give it all to me. I'll bathe. I also in it. don't understand Let's people go. that uh, that don't eat turkey on Thanksgiving. It's, it's actually, like turkey stinks. Generally speaking, it's dry and not very good, and for a lot of people, it makes them gassy. But like on Thanksgiving, I feel like everyone's supposed to just suck it up, like. That's what we do. I'll tell you this. You eat turkey you and this. pretend it's good. If you're still eating turkey on Thanksgiving dinner and it's not either deep fried or smoked, you're doing it wrong. Get into the 2021, either smoke or deep fry your turkey. Nobody well, wants your brine and your four hour. It's too much work. Burn it down. Too, people have to start making their turkeys like the Monday before Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's too much. Get, get out too of much. here. Deep <laughs> yeah. fry that bad boy. Enjoy the crispy skin or smoke it and have the house smell like heaven for which did hours. you have this year, FP? I had two deep fried turkeys. One was Cajun styled. Ooh. From Popeyes? No, from brother in law. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, well, I had a fantastic Thanksgiving. Joe, where can everyone find your show? Uh, on the contender with a K. Uh, it's called Go With Your Gut Fantasy Sports, uh, which basically, you know, sometimes. I might not have the answer. Sometimes you might not have the answer. Sometimes the answer, you know, it, it, even if you make the wrong move and you go with what you think is the right move, at least you can, you know, be happy with that. Uh, we are every week during the football season. We'll probably have some specials during the off season too. go over some draft rankings, do maybe some special stuff for keeper leagues, things like that. Um, and then in the meantime, as the season wears on, the playoffs get closer. If you have any of these questions, um, you might hear me on here. You could also reach out to me on social media. It's at Joe Votruba on all the social medias that you have. Uh, and I'll be happy to help you if I can.
Joe, we'd love to. I think we we need you on weekly. Are you? Can we get you to commit right now, live, to come back Ooh, with us? Are you available? I, I, I will definitely be back. I, I'll one hundred percent be back. Um, we will awesome. correspond while I'm while I'm giving you bad advice for your fantasy team. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and then and then we I will just I need you around so I can hold you accountable for for the bad choices. Well, I, made. I mean that's and that's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, Joe. We appreciate you jumping on with us. Thank, thank you, so thank much. you, thank you. Uh, and to everyone that sent in questions, thank you as well. Um, yes, FP, thank you. FP, as we put a bow on the show here, um, any final thoughts or comments? I thought that was a really good segment, by the way. Give me some insights and I added a couple players. Yeah. Made me realize that my team is uh, hot garbage, so that that's great. <laughs> uh, Are you in the playoff <laughs> mix right now? I am I my loss this past week got me right outside of the bubble, but I can easily get right back in, so I'm not worried. I am yeah, I, I in both leagues I have a very good but not successful team. So I think this is make or break. I mean this is uh there's no turning back. If I win this week, I'm still in it and I will continue to uh struggle struggle through until I'm eliminated early. Um a loss this week means I am just watching the football team the rest of the way and yep. I'm done with the fantasy fantasy bit. But you and I um, are on we didn't the same get page. to the we didn't get to the Capitals or the Wiz. Um the Capitals in particular. I think are you rocking the World Series uh, the World Series, the the Stanley Cup hat? I think that's the Damn one. Damn right, yeah, baby. I like I like that yep. one. So so going I guess to the we, game we can, tomorrow. Yeah, we we can circle back to to both of those teams. I think I think they both deserve some 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 quality time. The the Wizards in particular for me. I know you're you're much bigger on, on the cap side, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it, last night was a little bit rough for the Caps. That third period was not good. I'll tell you what, you, you did it against a really good Panthers team, and you're basically playing with an AHL, AHL team with Ovi Kuzi and Wilson helping helping the young guns out, right? We're very injured. Uh, Ovi's playing out of this world. The team's still really strong. I have no doubt in my mind that once you get Oshi and Backy and all those guys back, that this team sky's the limit for him. I mean, these young guns and, and all these rookies getting goals, this is a very special team. And and that meltdown is almost a good thing for him. You need these young guys to know that a three-point lead in the third period means nothing. So keep your 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 foot on their throat and, and keep getting those goals and going for it. Uh, the team's great. And, and honestly, like the Wizards team too, I mean, I've been talking to LP about the nonstop – you got to love everything you've seen from them. But right now, as of late, my concern is kind of the chemistry between Beal and Dinwiddie. And, and this may be a – you may need a Wizard-specific podcast on that one, but there's there's a little tweaking it's that needs weird. to happen with the chemistry. It's very weird. When, when one or the other is not playing, the team is significantly better. Yes. Mm -hmm. More balanced, more points, and winning when they play at the same time. The, the numbers they're are not passive. Good. They, they're just they, passive. Yeah, I mean the Wiz the Wiz did win tonight, so they they did improve to um, they beat the uh, they were home they beat the Timberwolves, so they improved fourteen and eight, which is good for second I, I believe or third depending on tape, the tape delay was. tape delay LP if he's listening to this you just ruined He'll be his fine. night He'll, his whole <laughs> life is on tape delay I'm, he's gonna listen to this show on tape delay so. Don't 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 stress him. I mean, he's uh, <laughs> the guy. The whole the guy lives his life on on a tape delay. It's it's actually he, you know fun fact. So so Monday since it was a Monday night game, I always watch it with LP. I was on an hour and a half tape delay because I couldn't get to his house until he put the kids to sleep. We didn't start watching the game till nine thirty. And you 
But I mean, if you skip everything, you probably you probably ended within we, ten we, minutes. We of the ended. Real game. We ended within ten fifteen minutes. But I mean, I had to sit there from for for an hour on yeah, no social media, no phone. Twitter, no yeah. Facebook, no nothing. Couldn't check anything. Blackout. Yep. I was, Blackout. Yep. Well, FP, I think we are done for today. Hopefully, the next time we chat, the Washington football team will have improved to six and six and have beaten the the, the Vegas Raiders. Um, that was a game I really I had circled. I really wanted to make that game happen. Uh, obviously, anytime you get to go to Vegas, who says no to going to Vegas? But that's okay. But you know, we're a couple days out. I think we will learn something more about our team. I think uh, I think Ron has them moving in the right direction. The kicking game will be suspect, but. You know, you're playing in the desert in a dome, so it's it's ideal. Um, you know, it's an ideal scenario for for somebody that's coming in off the street, who, regardless of who it is. But I think we're going to see a lot of going forward on fourth and one. I think we're going to see um, some punts where otherwise you maybe would have attempted. I don't. I don't know. It, it, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But honestly, if they keep converting third downs at at sixty two percent, like they did on Monday night, um, it's not going to matter. So. We will see what happens. Thank you for making time. Thanks again to uh, Joe Vitruba for joining us as well to do a little bit of a, a fantasy chat. I thought that was very good. I think we'll do it again. Uh, but for now, my name is Joe. His name is FP. This is Defeating the Curse, available on all podcast platforms, all social media platforms. Thank you to everyone who sent in comments. We appreciate it. Thank you for supporting the show. I am going to lead us out here with the Ron... Um, with uh, Coach Ron Rivera in the locker room. But before I play that, I just wanted to say one more time, a very special um, thank you uh, to the Contender Network for for helping us broadcasting the show, distributing the show across their platform. We've, I mean, our numbers are skyrocketing and it's it's humbling and amazing and awesome all at the same time. It's also a little bit nerve wracking. We are, uh, we're bootstrapping this ourselves. So we're, we're learning as we go, but we appreciate the love. And, uh, you know, thanks for riding with us. We appreciate it. But until next time, my name is Joe. This is DTC. We are out. Everything we need is in this room. Everybody in this room we need. We've got to work together, stay together, and be the team that we can be. We will not take it from anybody. I don't give a how they stack it against us. We're whipping it. Now let's play football. Here we go. Team all three. One, two, three. Team. 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 Team.